Did you know you can use your yard to heat and cool your home throughout the year? Today on our Building Sustainably podcast, we will give you a thorough rundown of all things geothermal, what it is, how it works, and how it compares to conventional heating and cooling systems that we see today. We'll also help you understand some of the major advantages of geothermal, such as energy efficiency, overall total cost of ownership, convenience, comfort, and sustainability. Unfortunately, many people have never heard of home geothermal, or they don't understand it. A lot of people think that it has something to do with capturing heat from volcanoes or geysers. Well, that is how geothermal energy production first began, but it has changed and adapted to much more smaller, more localized systems that we can use in today's homes. But first, let's go back a little bit in history. For starters, geo comes from the Greek word of earth for earth, and thermal comes from the Greek word for heat. So geothermal energy is a kind of renewable energy derived from the subsurface of the earth. Geothermal energy is one of the oldest types of power used by humans. Archaeological evidence suggests that the earliest direct use of geothermal power occurred at least 10,000 years ago in North America, where indigenous peoples were drawn to the hot springs for both spiritual and practical reasons. After the Second World War, the United States became a major producer of geothermal power. The largest geothermal power plant complex in the world is the Geysers, located at the Mayacamas Mountains north of San Francisco. It opened up in 1960, and it's the site now includes 22 power plants powered by steam from over 350 vertical wells tapping into uh, the steam within the earth. In 2019, there were more than 60 geothermal power plants operating in the U.S. at 18 sites across the country. Geothermal power today supplies less than 1% of the world's energy uh, based on 2009 needs, but it is expected to supply 10 to 20% of the world's energy requirements by 2050. So today, there are about 20 different countries that operate geopower plants, geothermal power plants across the world. Now, is geothermal energy renewable or non-renewable? Geothermal energy is a renewable source of energy, and that's because capturing geothermal energy does not deplete the energy source. And the planet will continue to naturally produce uh, geothermal energy over and over again, just as the sun continues to produce energy for uh, solar arrays uh, all, over the, all over the world, all over the country, whether they're on homes or on buildings or in fields. And as mentioned above, the source of geothermal energy is heated storage, uh, heat stored in the subsurface of the earth, uh, just as with, we would find with volcanoes, hot springs, geysers, or underground reservoirs of water or steam. Now, access to that energy source would be pretty tricky to pull off for most homeowners, and it would seriously limit the number of people who could take advantage of geothermal energy if those were the only sources that we could, we could capture. So, But thankfully, you don't have to live anywhere near uh, an active volcano or a geyser to have an effective money-saving home geothermal system installed. Actually, home geothermal heating and cooling is fairly simple, and here's how it works. The temperature of the Earth about 10 feet below the surface level, is a constant and consistent 55 degrees Fahrenheit year-round. When the outside air of your home is below freezing, just 10 feet below that snow-covered ground is still 55 degrees 
or when the summer brings a, you know, a 96 degree weather day, the earth beneath your house still keeps a steady 55 degrees at that, at that eight to 10 foot uh, distance below the surface. You have probably experienced this phenomenon at home without even realizing it. When you go into your basement on a hot day, it's nice and cool down there because the earth on the other side of your foundation is, as you may have guessed it, 55 degrees. And in the wintertime, even an unheated basement can stay relatively warm because of that consistent 55 degree insulation that you have uh, around the outside of your foundation from the earth. Although it's referred to as geothermal energy, geothermal and other home uh, geothermal systems don't make electricity. Um, they, they use the sustained temperature of the ground to heat and cool your home. So geothermal heating works by moving uh, a temperature-conducting fluid through an underground series of loops or pipes beneath your home. This allows the fluid to collect the thermal energy deposited in the earth from, from the sun or coming up uh, from underneath from any other heat source uh, of the core of the planet. The heat from the fluid coming out of the ground during a heating season, that, that 55 degree temperature heat that's coming out of the ground is compressed by the equipment inside the geothermal unit that is located in your, in your basement. It's compressed to a higher temperature. And that higher temperature can be typically around 85 or 90 degrees or sometimes even higher depending on uh, the, the area of the country that you may live in and what your heating needs are. But by the time it gets to uh, the supply source, it's, it's creating a more comfort environment and maintaining that consistent temperature you're looking for. It's circulated uh, back into this pump and then distributed evenly throughout your home using your ductwork. We'll describe this process a little bit more in detail, but essentially... What we're doing is we're taking that heated fluid, we compress it and create a higher temperature to heat your home. Now, I want to talk a little bit about the different types of systems. Um, there are many different geothermal systems, and they're all fairly similar, but there are some differences between them. Uh, some use what is called a closed loop system. Another uh, version of that is called the open loop system. Um, that's more where it's connected to a bunch of other maybe geothermal units or shared uh, throughout a community or a neighborhood. Uh, another one is called a pond loop. So like if you had a private pond, that's probably the best efficiency that you'll get out of the system where you can expose the, the fluid to water. Um, again, it's encased in a pipe, but it's distributing that heat energy or grabbing heat energy from the water. Moist soils are the most productive way for to create a high level of efficiency in a geothermal system. Um, and then the last one is called a kind of a slinky coil ground loops. And, and this slinky, if you remember the old slinky, uh, it is kind of a coil. And we put it in uh, the ground. So like this, think of like a, a large uh, swimming pool, maybe Olympic sized swimming pool, not quite that big, but, you know, a big, uh, deep kind of pit in the backyard where these loops are laid out nice and horizontal across there and of course then filled back in so you won't even notice it in your backyard but it's down there at that 10 feet and that's called a horizontal loop system. Um, most of the closed loop systems can be horizontal or vertical like a well but usually what we find in the state of Wisconsin is that closed loop systems are fairly the most common. The um, Open loop systems tend to uh, be a little bit more complicated to maintain and take care of. So typically, 
we like to see closed loop utilities like to see closed loop systems and that's primarily what we're what we're installing today the pros and cons of the various loop configurations for geothermal there there are some uh, most of what's constructed though like i mentioned in wisconsin is that closed loop system and the closed loop system uh, and again, it's all stays within your home, within your piece of equipment, is the most efficient and safest option for homeowners today. Uh, when we look at a, a geosystem, geothermal system installed, those closed loop pipes have that, uh, t- again, that temperature conducting fluid solution. They're buried in the ground beneath your home. And that closed loop, again, means that the pipes are contained only to your home. They aren't connected to the larger infrastructure and they won't interact with any other fluid source outside of uh, out of your home system. Um, as this fluid circulates through this closed loop pipes, as we kind of mentioned before, the fluid solution within the pipe changes that temperature as we compress it. In the wintertime, we take that 55 degree solution and we compress it. We create the warmer air. Um, than what's in the building than what's outside uh, with the cold air. Now, this geothermal system pulls this warm solution through the pipes, through through a series of pumps, and uses that heat pump that we mentioned before to compress that warm air uh, from for your home, and it allows you to adjust the air temperature in your home to whatever temperature you desire. And what I really like about, I have a geothermal system in my home, and what I really like about it in the wintertime versus the the natural gas the traditional natural gas furnace that you'd have is that um, it the air is it retains a certain level of humidity, uh, and we all know that in the winter time uh, the air in our house can get very dry, and a, a, a gas flamed furnace, gas fired furnace tends to pull moisture out of the air as uh, the flame is heating the air. It tends to pull more moisture out, make it a little bit more drier, where geothermal doesn't do that. It tends to keep your humidity level in your home fairly consistent. Of course, you still got to control it, um, but you don't. I don't get as much dryness in the wintertime as I did when I had a gas-fired furnace. So it makes it much more comfortable in the wintertime. Now, want to talk a little bit about cooling because that's really where geothermal performs at its greatest level of efficiency is with air conditioning. Uh, so how does that same geothermal heat pump that heats your home in the wintertime also produce the air conditioning for the summer? Well, essentially, the heat transfer process works in reverse. Now, remember, we were bringing this warm uh, fluid into the home, compressing it, and that's created the heat. Um, the short explanation here is as, this, as air is circulated in your home, your heat pump inside the geothermal unit removes the heat from the air that's in your home and transfers it to that fluid that circulates back to the ground. So think about this as uh, an example with, um, say, a refrigerator. Um, you know, you put a warm can of soda into the refrigerator. The refrigerator actually extracts the heat out of that soda, out of that warm can of soda, and creates that colder environment for the soda, where where the refrigerator displaces the heat to the coils on the back of the refrigerator, the geothermal system takes the heat that's inside your house and displaces it or sinks it into the ground. So as the ground at that lower temperature, that 55 degree Fahrenheit, we're bringing warmer air to the ground. The ground absorbs that heat. The heat dissipates from the fluid and into the ground. And the experience of the, of the cold air blowing into your home is the result of the process of removing heat from the circulated air 
in your in your HVAC and your duct system, transferring that heat to the ground and returning that cool air back to your home. Very simple mechanism there. Uh, less uh, uh, less energy intensive than than heating uh, is required to compress that air for heating. Uh, so it doesn't matter if it's a 65 degrees summer day or morning or 88 degrees in the afternoon outside your home. Your geothermal system makes it very easy to get comfortable at your home. So the last piece I want to talk about is is cost. Uh, it's important to note the difference between the upfront and the operational cost of a geothermal uh, unit versus a traditional unit. So the upfront cost translates to a one-time or depending on how you want, you choose to get it installed, but usually one-time cost, while the operational cost is that recurs monthly. So that's the that's the piece that's your annual or your I'm sorry your monthly utility bill, and and that is that is constant. That's always something that's going to come to you every month. So there is that initial investment in geothermal for a savings over the life of of the piece of equipment that you experience in much lower utility bills. So conventional. HVAC systems, conventional furnaces tend to have a lower upfront cost, but a higher operational cost. And the reverse is true for, for geothermal. There are also federal tax credits still available, and uh, roughly 30% you check with your, your tax advisor. Um, and But typically, you also have state or local regional rebates that one can uh, get and help to lower that total cost of installation. So you can really start to whittle away at that total cost just by taking advantage of these uh, the tax credits and the rebates that might be available in your area. When we look at cost, natural gas is fairly affordable today. Uh, electric heat is very expensive. And then if you're in a, an environment where liquid petroleum is your only option be, to save to not have a, electric heat, LP is is cheaper. But even at the end of the day, liquid petroleum or LP gas is still much more expensive than natural gas. And where geothermal really uh, tends to, to have the greatest level of payback is in that environment where natural gas is not available. Now, it's not to say that a natural gas utility cannot provide you a return on your investment as it relates to geothermal, as I believe I'm going to get a return on my investment, which is probably a little longer than what an LP environment would be. In natural gas, it could be anywhere from eight to ten years, maybe twelve years, depending on what you do. Um, but your equipment's going to last twice as long uh, as a as a traditional furnace would, and the piping that goes in the ground has uh, roughly a fifty year life cycle on it. So you're going to get a tremendous amount of more uh, resilience out of your equipment with geothermal than you would do with traditional HVAC equipment. But the uh, in the LP environment. That return on that investment could go anywhere from three to five years, typically no more than seven. So that that's almost a no-brainer, uh, in my opinion, in an, in an environment where where natural gas is not available to you, liquid petroleum. Um, that's where geo really geothermal really shines is in those liquid petroleum markets. In general, though, installation of a geothermal system can save a homeowner anywhere from twenty-five to fifty percent on their heating and cooling bills every month. I could tell you in my house. Um, the house I came from, from the, with with the traditional furnace, uh, to the house that we built with geothermal, um, my energy bills are almost thirty percent of what I was in my in my tradi- in my traditional home in the heating season and in the cooling season. Um, it's nearly half. Uh, again, that's where geothermal really shines is in the cooling season, and geothermal 
heat pumps, they, they don't generate the heat. They just transfer it from the ground to your home. So what's interesting about the geothermal system is that for every unit of energy used to power your geothermal system, an average of four units of energy are supplied. So let me state that one more time. For every unit of energy used to power your geothermal system, on average, four units of energy are supplied. Now, you think a 96% efficient furnace, what that means is for every unit of energy used to power the furnace, you get 96% of that back. Geo's giving you almost 400%. So when we look at the efficiency of a geothermal system, the depending on the soil type, depending on the moisture in the soil, because that's the key thing is is the more moist the soil is, and if you could get into a a, a, a private pond or or any kind of wet area where you can embed the, these these pipes, your efficiency could get up into four hundred fifty percent. And and my home, my efficiency ranges anywhere from four hundred to four hundred fifty percent. Typically, in in most cases, the range is three hundred percent to four hundred fifty percent, which is just absolutely phenomenal when you think about a traditional system and as I shared before, in my opinion, the comfort level is so much more higher. And the other thing that's really nice about this is you get away from that noisy air conditioning condenser unit that's outside of the home. These systems are very quiet. You can barely hear the equipment running, uh, significantly more quiet than any other traditional conventional HVAC systems you can get today. Um, But as again, as it relates to cooling, geothermal, that air conditioning usually works out to be so much more affordable than conventional air conditioning because after that higher upfront cost, very low operational costs. The operational savings are immediately clear when you see your electric bill come summer. Um, and even the geothermal heat pumps are still going to show you some benefit of a reduction in your, on the heat side, are going to show you a benefit of reduction in your bill um, in, the, in the heating season. But the best part, after several years, your geothermal system ends up paying for itself in savings. Again, your equipment's going to last two and a half times more. Uh, the, the, the equipment in the home is going to last two to two and a half times more than a traditional furnace because it has no flame. Uh, it has nothing that's going to kind of burn or heat up on the inside that's going to cause it to shut down like we sometimes see with furnaces. Um, other relevant cost considerations, as we mentioned before, just those federal, state, and utility incentives that can be offered to homeowners who install a geothermal system. Geothermal does not burn fossil fuels to heat or cool the building, so renewable energy programs continue to often uh, to offer uh, financial incentives to further encourage homeowners to upgrade and go green. And these financial incentives will continue to help you reduce your payback. Again, as we mentioned before, on your geothermal unit um, in the heat in the U.S., heating and cooling residential and commercial buildings uh, contribute up to eleven percent of the nation's total carbon dioxide emissions. So from a sustainability point of view, uh, we significantly reduce that with geothermal and actually home geothermal systems, uh, you know, create zero, zero carbon emissions coming from itself. Um, obviously, there's still electrical utility that's coming to it, but it doesn't give off any carbon dioxide. Uh, it doesn't give off any emissions. And it's another part of the safety aspect of geothermals you don't have to worry about a, a carbon monoxide leak or uh, even a gas leak because there's no natural gas or LP that goes to it. So you take away two of those risk components from a safety point of view, in addition to being a much more sustainable 
uh, form of, of energy distribution in your home. So over the course of the year with geothermal, you reduce enough carbon emissions to equal roughly removing two cars off the road. So it makes an impact uh, in our environment. It makes an impact to the sustainability of our environment. But again, I'll just reiterate, it saves money over a period of time. And it's a much more comfortable heating and cooling experience. And the equipment's going to last longer. So when you put all of that into the equation, uh, if you can absorb the upfront cost and, and work towards getting as much uh, of the incentives that you potentially can, the investment in geothermal will pay off for years. Thank you so much for listening to our Building Sustainably podcast. We hope this topic on geothermal sheds more light on the benefits of a renewable heating and cooling system that provides such a great level of comfort and lower total cost of home ownership. Thank you so much.